This episode of Let's Meet is made possible by Boomtown Biscuits and Whiskey, a contemporary take on a classic American frontier food, and mmm, it's delicious. Stake your claim at 1201 Broadway in beautiful Cincinnati, Ohio. Phone number 513-381-2666. Website boomtownbiscuitsandwhiskey.com. Hello. Yeah. Let's meet. Welcome. Hi. Nice Hi. to meet you. Let's meet. Nice Hi. to meet you. Hey. Let's Howdy. meet. On the 58th episode of Let's Meet Part 1 of 3, we create some fake crime. Michael lives in his own musical. Kelly drives with her knees. The king of burgers is overthrown. And Tim tries to defend Bill Cosby and Louis C.K. Yep, that happens. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another blazing hot edition <laughs> Of Let's Meet. I'm with, Michael. With no pauses. With no pauses. <laughs> and I'm Tim. And it, that's Tim. It yeah. is true. And we are the true crime podcast that won't solve anything. No, but we might call some. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're, we'll tell you about something we like, uh, and then we'll call some crime. It might be <laughs> fake crime. We're going to call some fake crime. You know what? If there's one, if there, if there are two buzzwords going around the United States right now that I'm tired of, it's, it's fake, fake crime. <laughs> Fake crime. I'm tired of hearing from the president about all the fake crime. And that's his catchphrase, right? I think so. That's what he says on yeah. everything? At, at the time of recording, it's December 17th. We're in the middle of another reason for the season, which is all the toy stores are closed, and you can't buy your toys anymore. And that's the reason for the season. Put them out of business. Uh, we're slowly becoming an Ayn Rand novel, and we're going Wait, to turn... One? Atlas Shrugged. Okay. We're going to turn this uh, capitalistic society on its head, and all of us in the 1%, which I am a part of, we will disappear without warning uh, as uh, as like a thief in the night has come and stolen us away for the rapture. Some assembly may be required. Battery's not included. <laughs> That's yeah. What a great movie. Thank you, Tim. You're welcome, Michael. Guys, tonight's guest, you're going to love her. It's a fact. There's no way around it. So put your seatbelt on. Get your bag of chips and your insulin shot because this is going to be a sweet time. <laughs> Tonight's guest is a stand-up comedian. She calls Go Bananas Comedy Club her home, but I don't think she lives there because this, this actually says her home club. Then. I just made it. I just put <laughs> that just on calls her. It her home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> She's been a finalist on CMT's Next Big Comic. She tours clubs and colleges throughout the country, the United States. You've heard of it. She's performed at prestigious Limestone Comedy Festival, the one that I would really like to go see, San Francisco Sketch Fest, the Laughing Skull Comedy Festival, and the Lucille Ball Comedy Festival. Ooh. I'm excited to have this guest on tonight because I've been a comedy fan my whole life. That's a long time for me. <laughs> Nigh on 39 years. Wouldn't you agree, Tim? I would agree. Tim is just a little bit older than I. Whenever we can have funny people on, it's a fun time. That's why I said it was going to be sweet. Ladies and gentlemen, let's meet... Kelly Collette! Yay! Yay! Silent applause by babies. It's a little baby applause. <laughs> little baby hands. Little baby crickets. Have you ever seen baby crickets clap? Yes. I just heard them. Clap? That's a lot of pressure. Yeah. That intro and all well, of that. It's, you it's in that. your bio. I know, but you're like, <laughs> what do you mean? Here's a funny person. Go! 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 Go be funny. And then, be I, funny. and then I open with baby hands. <laughs> well, it's like, it's kind of like that trope when you hear, when I hear comedians talk about 
when they're meeting other people and they're saying, what do you do for a living? Oh, I'm a comedian. Oh, comedian tell me a joke. joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you get that all the time? All the time. Yeah. Did you see that new Ellen article that came out Mm-mm. like two days ago where she's just mm-hmm. like, every time someone meets Ellen, they're like, why aren't you dancing? She's like, I'm walking to my car. Like, <laughs> but walk fancier. But like, do it like do it, fancy yeah, walks. do it with your Chuck Taylors. So yeah, I think everybody expects you to be like on all the time. So it's yeah, a little like, difficult. Like we play music. No mm-hmm. one ever just stops and says, why don't you sing? Like right here. That never happens. That's not happens. why you carry a harmonica in your pocket? I, he does. I That's do it unsolicited. Yeah. I will sing. Uh, we talked earlier about You rent. live in your own yeah. musical, though. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I do. And it's awful. <laughs> it is trash. And no one should see it. Yeah, so that you have to deal with that. I'm sure. With yeah. People, oh, you're a comedian. So why don't you tell me some jokes? Yeah. What do you talk about? What's in your skits? Like, in your skits. Yeah. I'm like oh, I don't know. This uh, may be soon. Yeah. <laughs> this will be this yeah. interaction. Yeah. Maybe. Yes. Not ours. This will this. be later. Yeah. Oh no, no, no. This is not funny at all. No. no. This, yeah. No. We're this definitely is serious. We're, we are a serious podcast. <laughs> we're a true crime podcast. Yeah. We're on the heels of WTF. We're coming after Mark Marin. We're, we're it's a sliding scale. <laughs> I think comparatively speaking, he stepped around we have pretty good. Yeah, point. yeah, yeah. We yeah. have we have good reviews. We have a four and a half star review. That's good on iTunes. I think I did the half. Yeah, <laughs> you're the one. Yeah, I I text. I don't really know day. how to use an iPhone, so that's fine. You should go back. <laughs> so rate, review, and subscribe. That would be <laughs> nice. Yeah, yeah, everybody. Yeah, yeah. I think that to. A- 4.7? You're actually, I think, 4. the first, 7. 4. I'm first person to plug 4. your podcast 7. on your podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the podception. Yeah. yeah, I don't even know that we talk about it that much. Like, no, subscribe. Rate it's it. at the very end. We're like, yeah, we don't care hey. about you. Yeah, yeah, this is for us. And we don't care if you like it. Yeah. This is just an archive for us to go back and listen to later. Mm-hmm. What'd you do on a Monday night? Posterity. That's it. Here we are. I hulked two cheese conies on the way over here and drove with my knees and Mm. uh, just had a... Yeah, this is my diet, Dr. Pepper from Gold Star. It always seems like such a good idea when you're, like, in the drive-thru line. It's it's never really... Never. Never. We we went to uh, Burger King recently, which we had not um, partaken of Burger King in about (laughs) about four to five years. The king of burgers. Somewhere in there, yeah. Yeah. It's not. No, it's, it's not. You don't believe in the, the monarchy new. anymore. We should. Uh, we should have overthrown him years ago. Mm-hmm. Dairy Queen is actually okay. <laughs> Dairy Queen's fine. Burger King is terrible. I mean, I'm. I'm That's always. Feminism, right there. I'm more in favor of yeah. the matriarchy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If, if there was ever a thing. Yeah. That described me would be feminist. Yes. I support it. Good. Um. So what's what's uh what's the world look like for you as a comedian? Oh, what does that entail? Like a lot of cold star chili. Uh, <laughs> a lot of jogging with your knees. I try not to. Yeah. Um. Yeah. What does it look like? I watched Punchline for the first time ever today. Do you know the, what that is? The eighties. The eighties movie. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. What Sally I haven't Field. Seen it since then. Oh, nice. <laughs> Sally Field and um, Tom Hanks. Which Sally Field, known for her comedic prowess. Well, she's his love interest in this, and then she plays his mom in Forrest Gump. Like, that's just so... Pretty cool. I think it's pretty nice. I know. It's like, that's how women are. We just get five years older than we're your mom. So, I watched that for the first time, and it's about stand-up comedy. It's about people trying to make it. Mm -hmm. And I was so depressed after I watched it, because I was like... Some, most of this is so true. Like, all the comedians in the back room, like, struggling and, like, changing times and kind of, like, you have to tell me if someone's about to get booked or, um, 
And there's a, such a sad part, spoiler alert, from the 80s. Um, if you haven't seen it yet, you probably won't. Um, I haven't seen it yet. But oh, there's this older guy comedian, and they're doing a contest at the end, and they're assigning the lineup, and he's like, well, what spot am I? And the room goes silent, and he's like, well, we need you in the back supporting, buddy. And I was mm. just like, that's how I'm going to die. <laughs> <That's me>. No! <laughs> Fade away. No. Um, so I don't know that that's true no, because I've seen some of your work on the YouTubes. And, oh, thank you. And it's funny. And I'll, here's my caveat. Okay. So we talked earlier before we started the show that I'm, I've been a comedy fan since comedy. Earth. Well, when Comedy <laughs> Central was known as the Comedy Channel, yeah. like from its inception, I spent all my time with my dad watching like John Panette. And John Stewart, when he was doing stand up, all those dudes, all like the, the old guys, all the Johns. <laughs> I, yeah. I didn't have cable. So <laughs> I spent a lot of time in this immersion world of laughter and fun mm-hmm. to a point now, and I wanted to ask you about this too, because it's a little bit of a specific thing. But I don't laugh a lot at comedians, mm-hmm. I appreciate their jokes, which. If you're an audience member, like I would be for you, I might not be able to convey my feelings to you, my appreciation to you. It takes like a certain joke, a certain punchline to make mm-hmm. me actually LOL, as the kids would say. There's a lot of people like that. I mean, can you see it on our faces, see, though? You can see a lot of expressions, especially in the first row. And there's usually always an older man. And he's usually leaned very far back in his seat. And then he usually crosses his arms ah, three like for three. This. Here I am. And so, That's how Michael laughs. I'm your grandfather. It's <laughs> You're not totally engaged in everybody because you sometimes just hyper-focus on that one person. And some yeah. people will even call it out, surf, please don't cross your arms, you're making me very uncomfortable. Just present an open body language that you're open to receiving the jokes and you're not yeah. just there because your wife was like, you're taking me out and we're getting divorced. You know what I mean? So like, <laughs> but... If I can make that guy throw his head back a little, like, I know he's not going to full-out laugh, but if I can make him chuckle, like, I feel like I'm doing a good job. So, I don't completely hate anybody who doesn't laugh, because some people, it's just not their thing, but then they usually come up at the show, and they go, that was funny, and then I'm like, okay, so they didn't want to kill me. Yeah. Do, you, do you focus on those people? Like when, when you're, it's hard not to sometimes. Because we play music, so it's a, it's an entertainment. You can of see some everything. Sort. Yeah. Oh yeah. The places we play typically, we try to get smaller venues uh-huh. so we can actually hear other people back get at the us. Feedback. Ask for songs we're not going to play. Right. Exactly. Yeah. You know, but you can hear them sing along. Uh-huh. Um, last time people were singing along to originals, they did not know the words. It was really funny. It was great. Yeah, and they were just singing along. But anyway. <laughs> I, I tend to focus on the people who are just not paying attention. That's right. who I'll like look at the most. Mm-hmm. You're like, the same for think, you. well, I can't really see who's not paying attention. So I can only see a couple of people in the first row if it's a really nice club. They, yeah. light, they light it really well. So mm-hmm. you're just like looking at the darkness. Nothing. And then there's like a couple people in front. But there are people, like, if you do hear people talking, it is such a distraction, especially if you're in the middle of a joke. I did a weekend with Michael Palasek a few weeks ago, and I was talking, I was telling this joke about McDonald's, and I heard these people at this table, they just kept talking and talking, and finally I was like, what's going on over there? And he goes, we were asking the waitress a question. I was like, were you asking her what McDonald's was? Like, was she trying, were you trying to explain it? Are you not from America? And he's like, we're from France. I was like, okay, Royale with cheese. And I had to, like, so I got to go into this whole like pulp fiction bit so yeah. it made it fun for me and they weren't like heckling or anything so i don't i try and just play off of it and not make it a huge deal because i've heard people shut down people talking mm-hmm. and it gets kind of uncomfortable for oh, some people yeah because everybody's just like i need to go to the i can't tell you that i need to go to the bathroom or like you know so just 
Keep I can't it to be a, a person here. I know. Keep it to a minimum, but at the same time, like you have to address it because if you don't, then it might just keep happening. So I feel like I powered through it. I don't yeah, know. I think with the Royal with cheese, I think that was, yeah, that was a good. But when I first started, I remember somebody would heckle me, and I would just be like, "Please stop talking to me." Like that was my <laughs> response because I was just like, "I can't shut them down. I don't have that confidence yet. I don't want to be mean." Yeah. And then I also like I couldn't think of anything funny off the top of my head because I didn't have that confidence either. I wasn't gonna be like, "No, you." Be quite, you know, so yeah, I would yeah. just. Do you like, think it just takes time? Like, it does. Yeah, you have to be confident that what you're going to say is going to work. Have you met a lot of young comics who have that just instinctively? Young like, comics? Like you'll you'll see people who are overcome. Oh yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Most young comics think are they have that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. They're like, why aren't I? headlining yet why aren't i yeah Yeah. it takes a long time yeah i'd rather have underconfidence at the beginning than overconfidence (laughs) for sure because yeah that's just my do you watch a lot of um what's that guy's name steve hofstetter do you watch his heckle videos yeah i've (laughs) seen that pick up some pointers (laughs) yeah i've seen those he really goes after people yeah he goes after folks For sure. It's almost like that's all his comedy is, is like, let's wait until I can get, attack someone. I, 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 I like people playing the room. Like, I really like that. because Crowd it, work's fun. Crowd it's work's fun to fun. be a part of. You feel like you're watching something organic and not just like a regular stand-up set. Yeah. Yeah. And, it's, and it's, it's fresh, and usually that's the only time that's ever been done. Yeah. So, like, the next show is never going to be the same. That's why I respect improv, too. Like, a lot of... If you're good at stand-up, you're not really good at improv and vice versa. It's like yeah. a technicality thing. I don't know. I don't know anybody who's good at both. Maybe Andy do, Kaufman do do or something, but no. No, but I do respect that. Like, they just leave it all on the stage because I feel like I would hoard my memory so much. I'd be like, oh, we got to do that again. That was so funny. And they're yeah. just like, no, no it's that gone. Was it's, it's gone, gone. It's gone. forever. We're yeah. not going to do that anymore. I don't know. It's very KonMari of them to just let it go. Here come the questions that you've, you've always come. been asked. Here they are. What's Who are your me? comedy oh. influences? I know you're going to go with the woman What's your one favorite right color? <laughs> I don't know. Yellow. No, blue. Your, your, gender doesn't, <laughs> your gender doesn't matter here. Oh, good. good yeah, good. I don't. That's Everybody gets asked that question, right? Right. Who cares? We've I, already talked about that. Yeah. Let's talk about who you love. Thank you. And who you love now. Okay. So I grew up watching Gilda Live, Gilda Radner. Yeah. And I freaking loved her. I'm doing Laugh Fest this, this year. Nice. That's nice. the Midwest Showcase. Yeah. So I was like super honored. She's like one of my comedy idols. Let's see. Stand-up wise, I started listening to records. Uh, we had a pretty extensive record collection. So like I grew up listening to Cheech and Chong like... Before I knew what the words meant, I was repeating them out loud. So, like, there's a faux Roto-Rooter commercial that he would do called Peter Rooter for gonorrhea. And I would recite this out loud, not knowing knowing what gonorrhea is, not knowing what... Do you know what it is now? I do. Well, (laughs) not personally. I have heard the phrase. And then Bill Cosby Records, which I actually have in the back of my car right now because I don't know what to do with them. Yeah, yeah. You're <laughs> in a tough spot, right? I, to be honest, for so many years, he was he was like my dad, like on the concert. I didn't show. watch that show, so I don't have that mm. relationship. I just... Oh, see, I it's have tough. that. And so it's really tough for me that all this stuff has come out about him because yeah. for so many years, he was the cleanest comic, too. Right. I, know? I don't know if I can separate art from personal from, stuff from his horrible yeah. life right. see I'm, I'm I'm leaning more on that side mm-hmm. where I'm like like there are some comedians that I've just cut off where I'm like I know too much about you now I don't even mm, I mean it's just like how much are you, can you take from their personal experience and not be thinking in the back of your head like oh like, after, yeah. you, after you did this set and you talked about feeding your kids chocolate cake 
Then you went to your hotel room and did this. Oh, God. You know what I mean? Like, that's that's that where I'm like, great. Mm. No. Um, what about Louis C.K.? Uh, how do you feel? Yeah. How do, how do I feel? Mm-hmm. How do it's you not feel about first, me. And then we'll go to you. Okay. <laughs> I'm... <laughs> I'm kind of, I'm done with him. I appreciated all that he did to be, I guess not to be fair, because it's not fair, but I kind of, before all of it came to, to head or came to light, I started, like his comedy, I was like, okay, I get it. I get it. I got you, Louis C.K. We're good now. I'm kind of mm-hmm. ready to for you to do something different comedically. Because I would watch a show and I was like, all right, I get the premise of this. I'd see you stand up. I get it. It's funny. It's very funny. But it got to a point where I was like, "All right, I understand you. I don't. Really, I don't necessarily need to bring you into my world anymore." And then all the all the news hit, and I was like, "I feel okay with it because I was okay kind of done with him anyway." Mm-hmm. And now I'm like, "Okay, well, I have an even better reason to be done with him." So I'm not into him. I think for me, Louis C.K. was very authentic, and he said all these things that he actually did in life as jokes, and people laughed. And all mm-hmm. of a sudden, we all realized that like no, nothing that he was saying was made up like this is actually him this is his real life mm-hmm. and all of a sudden we were offended by it I'm a little torn with that one okay yeah well, what do you think <laughs> well this I, is not what our show is normally <laughs> well it's like it's, it's, I mean, it, it's, it's like face the nation I finally know. i'm afraid like some of me is like okay let's just get this out clean and concise i don't care what you talk about in your stand-up try not to be offensive but if he's talking from a vulnerable place i appreciate that What I have a problem with is the abuse and the silence of the women afterwards and the fact that he took jobs away from female comedians and that there are women who can no longer work in this industry or have been shoved out of this industry or have been, you know, have a lot of fear of this industry now and how they're going to be treated because of his actions. And Mm -hmm. And I don't think it's fair that he gets to go back up and work when they don't. Mm. And... I see a lot of men being like, everybody deserves a second chance. And I'm like, until he redeems himself with those women and then uses his platform to make amends, to maybe hire women writers, to maybe give them a safe space to perform, because it's not super safe out there in the clubs. And, you know, you do work with these headliners that are creeps sometimes. And, you know, that's that's your choice. That's your job or whatever. But they can be decent people and not put you in a bad position. Yeah. And I don't think it's fair of this occupation and this profession to ask that of the women just to just deal with it when a lot of other places don't and so so i take it back (laughs) i mean (laughs) i mean i just don't know what he's done to actually be sorry right that's i I was gonna say i I feel like sorry maybe but i don't think he did i was it I think with him, the reason why I'm really torn is because I feel like he's always been very honest. Like, Mm -hmm. in his stand-up. Like, he was always... Like, the things that he would say he was doing, Mm -hmm. he was actually doing. Calling his kids assholes. Yeah, I think he did. I'm sure, yeah. That's that's his life. I think we laughed at it, not realizing that it was reality. I don't think... And I think if we realized it was reality, it would be a a little bit different. Right. I don't think that matters, though, because if you're in that position where you're you're in a room with someone and they say, can I masturbate in front of you? And you either, like, are shocked and don't say yes, or you straight up say no, and they still do it. The excuse of why didn't you just leave is what I hate. Mm -mm. Because it's like, until you've been in that position, you don't know if you start to leave if they're going to shove you. Right. If they're going to tell everybody if they're gonna shame you somehow if they're going to do something worse to you so you kind of you your body right. goes into this like either freeze panic mode i'm not yeah. sure so i would never shame anybody like, well, he, he asked you 
It's like, well, what are you it's saying? Not it's a valid my, but he asked my... you. Like, it's not that's a not a question, question that you think. Like, it was a rhetorical well, question. This, this is going you, to happen. Do you want to get fries or do you want to do this? This is also someone that's paying you. This is also someone who yeah who you've toured with, who, you, yeah. who who could get you jobs, and this is person who could take that away from you. So yeah. you're, it's not really an even playing field. If 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 you're sitting there with a drunk driver and they're like, "I'm going to drive you home," you're like, "Well, I'm your I'm Uber e- for the I'm ride. either not going to get home." Right. <laughs> Or I don't know what the I don't know what the I can't think of a good metaphor off the top of my head for. The I think you explained it pretty well. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, you're not gonna get in the car, and if you do get in the car, it's how is it then your fault? You know what I mean? Like sh- how is yeah. it your so fault? You should have option at the oh, point done. The guy was drinking. The guy was. Uh, he revealed himself to be drunk midway through the ride. How about that? And yeah, then you, yeah. you could either yeah. jump out of the car, <laughs> right? And you're well, over a bridge, <laughs> or, you're, or you're in a crash, or you know, there's so you many. You ask him to pull over, and he doesn't. You're like, there's so many. Yeah, there's yeah. so many. Kind of like, okay, it's going to end in bad way, badly in a lot of ways for me. And this is not a position that I knew I was getting into. Yeah, right. So I'm less torn. Thank you. <laughs> 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 Natalie Bruglia worked yeah. her way oh, in God. again. She's always on this podcast. Oh, you guys do Natalie reference every single time. So we have uh, you have Gilda. Yes. Big influence. Mm-hmm. And then as far as improv goes, do you have improv heroes or do you have stand up heroes? What are the different ones that you have there? Okay, improv heroes. I mean, Tina Fey and Amy Poehler. And Amy Poehler and Ask Cat and Amy, everything Amy Poehler does is amazing for improv. I'm not like a super improv fan, but I, I love those two. Let's see. Andy Kaufman for stand-up. I love Maria Bamford. She's the best. Me I too. <laughs> I love Paul of Tompkins. He's very... Oh, yay. He's good. my absolute I favorite. met him and really? I cried. I think I would too. I, I don't get like... <laughs> emotional about like meeting celebrities and like I, I see Reds players all the time whatever mm-hmm. I don't but when I met him I had these involuntary tears and he looked he was shaking my hand he's like what is this I was like I'm sorry sir I can't help <laughs> like yeah. I, I could talk normal but it was just like they kept coming out of my eyes like a cartoon yes. And he was like, well, that's adorable. And I was like, yeah, it's my party trick. I don't know. I didn't know what to say. <laughs> I've though. never done this before. I know. I was so embarrassed, but he yeah. was so nice about it. So my wife and I have talked about going mm-hmm. out to California just to go on trips. And I really want to go to Largo because it's where all the shows <laughs> yeah. are that I hear about. And I think about, like, what, what would, how would I interact if I saw these people like, um, like a John Gabris or mm-hmm. um, Paul Shear. I love Paul Shear. I love Paul Shear. So, and, and then, but then when I think about Paul F. Tompkins, I real like I almost freeze up what I'm doing because I'm, this guy is like he is my absolute favorite. Not only is he talented, like he's just such a really cool person. Like he he takes a moral high ground on almost everything, and he's just he's very eloquently spoken and dressed, of course. Yeah. But yeah, like the the characters he's able to do, like just the alternative comedy, just the obscurity of a lot of his jokes Mm -hmm. like he's not like this observational guy his stories are just like how did that happen to him or like (laughs) yeah Yeah, elegant balloons and all this stuff it's just so funny yeah he's i love are you googling him no (laughs) maybe he's the best yeah he's one of the voices on bob's burgers too oh okay Mm -hmm. and he's mr peanut butter yeah don't you watch that show Mr. Peanut Butter? No, the uh, what is it called? Uh, um, Horse Jack. Horse Bo Jack Horseman. Horseman. Yeah. Horse Jack. Jack and Horse. Horse Jack. Jack Cheese. You know that one? You know that yeah. guy? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I thought you watched that show. I've actually not seen. I mean, I know this this face, but I've not yeah. actually watched his stand up at all. But yeah, he's he's one of those guys that's like he's very relatable. Like he's 
fatherly, but he's also like neighborly, and he's my man crush Monday. Oh. Is it just the mustache? I mean, maybe. Is that, okay. Yeah, yeah. There's some, right. there's that, and there's his um, total affectations. Everything about it. I just love that him and Maria have this ability to be like vulnerable and just honest yeah. and tell the truth. And it's like this is these are my experiences. They're a little obscure. These are what happened to me. And it's totally the opposite of my comedy. Like I'm trying to be. Hey, hasn't this happened to everybody? But like, I just respect what they do so much. Like that's the kind of stuff that I like. Yes. Yeah. Hopefully, where I could go in the future. But yeah, I like I, them. This past summer, I watched Maria Bamford's special on Netflix. Mm-hmm. And. The way that she she opens it up doing her show by herself in front of the mirror. And then her audience grows exponentially uh, as she's going through. So it's almost like you see her working out her bits by herself. And then there's like a small group of four people out on the sidewalk that she's performing in front of. I mean, and that's kind of how it works. And then it's yeah. her living room. And then it's a, a community center. And right. then she gets this big auditorium. But she's she's one of those two. Just even the sound of her voice is so vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And you and if you know her history, she's very open about her mental illness struggles, about being institutionalized. Um, and I think there's a big shift in comedy now that people, if you if you look at Maria, and then you look at Tig opening up her special with I Have Cancer, yeah, and then Nanette, which just came out, um, Hannah Gatsby. Um, so. It's this new kind of piece of flesh comedy where you just are very vulnerable and open. Right. That I've seen people be very responsive to. So, yeah. talking about Mary Kay parties is not going to work for me that much anymore, you guys. I need to, it's still very I need to get to the heart of uh, I need to, like, bear myself right. out there. Thank you for listening to the Let's Meet podcast. On the next episode, Tim retracts his former statements about Louis C.K. and Bill Cosby. And we all love Stephen Wright. For more information, please visit our website at letsmeetpodcast.com and please subscribe. Nice to meet you. Let's meet. Hello. Let's meet. Hey, what you doing? Hey, hello.